Okay. Boy, oh boy. So, back in April, this highly anticipated uh, uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan horror film came out called Unholy. Uh, I waited a while to watch it. I'm not even going to say that I wanted to watch it. I actually didn't really like the looks of it, to be quite honest with you. It just didn't look like something I was going to enjoy, specifically because I just, the story didn't seem like it made sense to me. You know, like there, apparently it's based on a novel, which is funny, because there's also another film that was released in the 80s, so when my wife really wanted to see this, so when we went to go try to find it, we actually found the 1988 film instead. Which, there is no correlation. They have nothing to do with each other. And even the 1988 version doesn't even specify that it's based on a novel whatsoever. It's kind of its own story. Just so happens to have the same name as this 2021 film. But oddly enough, the 2021 film that is based on the novel, the novel isn't even called The Unholy. The novel is called The Shrine. And The Shrine is a horror novel from the 80s by itself. So it's funny how these share the same name, but not the same premise of the story. But if you probably were in the same position where you tried to find the movie as I did, then you might have seen that the 1988 film is actually better. (laughs) And it's not even like, this isn't even a reboot. It's a completely different story. It just so happens to have the same name. And we watched this one first, me and my wife, and... The 1988 film, it's, it's you know, it's an 80s horror film. It's just bad. It's, but it's, it's that kind of bad that it's good. It's, like, enjoyable to an extent. The 88 one has um, a premise of being about uh, temptation and uh, giving in to your innermost desires and losing your soul because of that. And the premise is... There's a priest who has to struggle with that, and the, there's a demon who's trying to get the priest to, to to do something against his his fatherhood and the stuff he made a vow for, and there's a lot of uh, known uh, actors in it. Um, there's a the, the um, like I don't want to say like the bad dude, but like the dude who's portrayed as being the main focus of like the haunting for like the first half. Uh, it's played by William Russ, who was the father in Boy Meets World. He's in there. Um, ben Cross is the main character. He's been in a bunch of things, like including like stuff from like Star Trek and whatnot. He's an English actor. This is one random, extremely random role for him. So yeah, the, the 88 film, it's got like a lot of 80s horror movie glory to it. So watching that in this era, it's definitely, you know, it's good for the people who have that guilty pleasure or have that little bit of a a um a passion for old horror movies from like the 70s and the 80s. This is definitely that and it's not meant to be taken seriously in any lights whatsoever. However, this two the 2021 film from back in April, which again based on the novel has nothing to do with that film, just has the same title and starring Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Um, yeah, this, this is not good. This is not a good film because not only, not only is it like 
a bad premise, but maybe it's just a poorly executed premise. So it's about this dude who is a journalist, and he was a very famous journalist, and he just wants to kind of get back into that limelight. He's given really shitty jobs, and he has to try to make them work so he can make some kind of money. He can make, like, ends meet, because he's down on his luck. He used to be, like, the guy who was writing the main articles for, like, you know, the Daily News and Time Magazine, and it turned out you learn slowly into the story that he was making all that shit up. All of his stories were basically bullshit, and it blacklisted him. So now he's... No, going from hotel to hotel, driving a shitty car, trying to get the story of a lifetime and make it be real or something. And he stumbles across this ancient ground where a demon was trapped in a doll. And it was meant to be that, oh, yeah, there's something's happening to the cows. And he goes, there's nothing wrong in the cows. It's a small town where nothing happens. You know, it's fucking like bumfuck Oklahoma or something. So he goes there, he sees the creepy tree, he finds the creepy doll that the demon's trapped in, doesn't know it's trapped in there, because it's been almost a hundred years, breaks it (laughs) to kind of be like, look at this ritualistic, you know, atmosphere set in bumfuck Oklahoma or whatever. So, not realizing it, he releases this demon who cloaks herself in the idea of presenting herself to the peop- the person she wants to uh, possess as being the Virgin Mary, and then the l- the the girl who is gets possessed says, "I have visions of Mary," and she tells me to do these things. And of course, there's like the miracle aspect because the girl is originally deaf, can't can't hear, can't talk, and all of a sudden she can do it all. So the ghost possesses her and gives her the ability uh, to talk, to hear, to to be quasi-normal. And then, of course, she also wants people to believe that in her miracle. So she's also able to kind of do an extension possession where it looks like there's, um, like, healing, you know, like, faith healer and whatnot. So she starts faith healing all these people, you know, a kid in a wheelchair, a person with cancer... Uh, a guy who's been smoking since he was 12 and all of a sudden his lungs are clear and whatnot. But essentially it's this demon that's leeching off of everybody's faith in the fact that it's not really a demon. It's it's the Virgin Mary. And the more people that have faith in her, the more powerful she grows. And you could say, okay, that seems like a nice setup, even though its essential plot device to move forward is, you know, this dude who is down on his luck, is a down on his luck journalist, and just decides to break a random doll, and then just it just so happens that it holds a demon in it. So, let's say you're okay with that plot device. Let's so, Let's say you're okay with the general premise of everything. Eventually... He starts to learn that, you know, he fucked up. He, he he realizes that this is not what he expected it to be. He learns, you know, through, you know, going through things and 
understanding what's happening in the town and with the girl that there's something sinister going on. The priest believes it. There's a doctor who believes it. And of course, the only people that die in a film like this, who is it? It's all the priests. All the priests die. <laughs> so it's like the most holy, holiest of holy people are the ones that are just getting murked throughout the whole fucking film. But I digress. <laughs> so the, the uncle of the little girl is a priest. He dies. That's what starts this, this downward spiral of them realizing, okay, maybe this isn't true. But it's already too late. He's already built this up to be a story that holds weight because look at all the proof. He records all the proof. He releases it all to the media. The media wants the scoop. And there's a couple of little things where it's like, oh, we don't trust him. Can we trust him? You know, he he did what he did. You know, whatever he lied about, whatever he fabricated, we don't know if we can trust him. So we need some more some more solidity before we give this guy any sort of leeway into getting back into uh, doing anything for us. Now, once it finally gets there, once everybody finally realizes... Well, not even everybody. He's the only one. Him and the doctor. Again, all the faith people, people who have been practicing being, you know, priests and uh, the Christian faith and all that for years. They're all blind to it. They're all the first ones to go. And this, you know, down in his luck journalist and this no-name doctor from small town bumfuck Oklahoma are the ones that save the day. And how do they save the day? And this might be another reason why I dislike the film so much is because the ending is just really really trash it's not what you're expecting out of something like this it's kind of like the idea of i guess faith in humanity but it's it's a very poor outlet or streamlined way of doing it so they can't reverse the curse they can't trap her back in a doll they can't do anything so what do they do there's a big ceremony about to happen there's cameras, there's hundreds of people all on the same uh, land. And the whole point is that, you know, once Mary gets all these people to believe in her, she can unleash her true power and everybody, everybody's souls will belong to her. So how do they stop her? They go, they, they bombard into the huge tent that's laid up and they start sprouting all this nonsense about how it's not real, I made it up. And of course, it's the journalist who was known for fraudulent uh, articles. So he's trying to get people to believe him in that sense. And then he's got the doctor kind of backing him up. And it's just these two people against like 200 people trying to be like, yeah, I was full of shit, blah, blah, blah. And everyone's just kind of like, oh yeah, maybe it isn't true. Well, like, really? That, that's, that's, that, that's how simple that was? I know I had a discussion with a friend of mine many years ago about the Transformers film, about how sometimes the existence of uh, turmoil is always very quick to be resolved. So like, oh, there's a big bomb about to go off, and the time has been going off for like, you know, 40 minutes, 40 minute time, and you see the 40 minutes, it gets down to the last 10 seconds, and then boom, somebody's able to jump in and stop the timer. I get it. That's a little, you know, far-fetched of... A process uh, of thinking, you know, how you resolve conflict in a film like that. But uh, but again, you know, sometimes it works. Sometimes it might come quickly and it might still work. But this doesn't work. This idea that 
I'm just going to go in there and try to make 200 people, let alone millions of people watching it from the live television cameras, believe like, yeah, I'm going to convince you. It just took me uh, three months <laughs> to convince you that I was telling the truth. And now you all believe it. And with a small, like, two, three minute dialogue of me just confessing that, yeah, I'm full of shit. You're all going to just stop believing, <laughs> and that's it. She's, she's lost all of her power and all that, all that good stuff. And, of course, that's what happens. They're all just like, yeah, you know what? He is lying. Fuck that. I'm getting out of here. I'm like, what? <laughs> that's, that's how you're going to resolve the conflict of what just happened? You're going re- to make it that simple? Like, for a story this complex, it needed less of this. I'm not even going to say it's that complex. I shouldn't say it's that complex. It's 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 a very simple story, but the the complexity that's built up to the the the, the general um, what's the word I'm looking for problem. You know the, the the general dynamic of what they're trying to fight against. You've built this all up to be a big deal, and that little bit was able to just reverse all of it (laughs) like a full hour of building this up to be such a big deal he was just like yeah don't believe me and they're like okay (laughs) what (laughs) it doesn't make any sense but they uh, they believe him they run out the demon gets mad lights the tents on fire uh and then in order for the demon to um go the little girl has to die and there's a there's another second a sort of second climax but it's uh, it's just not it's just not worth it it's it's a bore when it comes to scares it's typical jump scare tactics it's a a story that might have been done a little i'm not even gonna say it's jeffrey d morgan's fault i'm just gonna say that it's unfortunate that jeffrey d morgan is attached to this now and I don't believe it received the greatest of reviews, if I'm not mistaken. I think it hit its, like, budget mark, which doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to get any more or if it's going to be, you know, something that's revered as the best horror film of the year. It's 100% not that. But I I do think it, like, doubled its budget, which... Oddly enough, let me look at this really quick. $10 million. It cost $10 million to make this hogwash. And they made 30 So they tripled their budget. And the film itself is very, very badly reviewed. I think the only thing it has a, a decent review on might be from uh, users on like Google reviews or something. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes doesn't give it a good score. Um, IMDB doesn't give it a good score. It's, it's really, all the scores you see are 100% worth it. There might be a crowd out there that finds enjoyment in this and might look at the ending as being, you know, worthwhile or something that wasn't as bad as you expected it to be. And it does close out the story. Well, there might be people out there that do that. I'm not one of them. And I'm not going to sit here and try to convince you to be like, yeah, this is going to be worth your time. Here's the other thing that you have to take in consideration as well. It's PG-13. <laughs> and being that you're a horror movie trying to push boundaries like this and you get a PG-13 rating, 
it's you're not really getting yourself up there. And I'm not saying a good horror movie can't be PG-13. I'm not going to try to sit here and say that all good horror films need an R rating or need something that's higher than a PG-13. What I am going to say, though, is Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, that also came out this year, that has an R rating. And you can see where there's kind of certain liberties taken when it comes to a film that is PG-13 to a film that is R-rated, especially in the horror film genre. So, something to consider if you're interested in watching this film or if you've seen it already. Maybe you agree with me, maybe you don't. But I'm going to sit here and say that I'm starting to learn that there are going to be more <laughs> more than enough movies that I'm going to be talking good about on in this diary, but I'm also going to be talking really poorly about certain films because they don't all deserve praise. And unfortunately for Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who I'm a fan of, this is one of those films and it sucks. It really does.